Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Hello, everyone. It is Wednesday, June 29th. My name is Adam. And I'm Bailey. And welcome to AB Cinema. Today we'll be talking about the first season of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Uh, Let's just get initial reaction out of the way. If you could sum it up, you know, in the length of a tweet, what is your reaction to this limited series? This show feels bloated in the sense that it has a lot of fluff but when it delivers the punches that it's trying to deliver it does a great job at it and that's my thoughts on it my initial reaction to it i think that the show really struggled to find its footing but once it got towards the latter end of the series it once it found its its wings it soared yeah, my my reviews, my initial reaction is probably very similar to yours. It reminds me of the potential Star Wars stories can have, yet it also, to some degree, left me desiring more and ended up feeling hollow in areas. But, you know, again, I still, the highs were high, the lows were low, and, you know, for me, at least, that I, and that's not you know for everybody or across the board, but I feel like that's that's how that's how I would describe it. Yeah, I think that's a great way to describe it. But um, let's just let's kick off our thoughts on Riva, the one of the biggest additions that this show gave us. What did you think of Riva? I, in the end, felt she was more unnecessary because they again. They had potential with her, yet toward the end of the show, I didn't end up caring for what was happening to her anymore, especially in the last episode. You know, we talked a little bit before we got on the pod, and um, by the way, we are going into spoilers here, so be ready. Um, The very last episode where she's going to go and destroy Darth Vader's son, she's going to go kill Luke... (sighs) I, she wasn't essential to the to Obi Wan's progression and had her own progression, but I don't feel like her arc improved in the end Obi Wan's in any way. And what was so annoying about that final episode is that anytime we got a flash to Riva chasing Luke, I didn't care. I knew how it was going to end, and furthermore. I just wanted to be back with Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. So I I feel like again there was there was potential there was exciting potential for her especially about the midway point of the series um or episode 5 I believe when her and Obi-Wan are talking at the gate, you know, it seemed like there was some real potential there but it just at the end they kind of just ran out of steam with her story and 
chose to go to the other story and wrap that up. My thoughts on Riva. I didn't mind her character or storyline, but it did distract from the overall message that the show was trying to give us with Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. I felt like it it was a fine distraction, but I really felt like her character would have shined shined more if she had her own show, like if she had a Star Wars Clone Wars spin-off or an animated show or something like that. And it showed her her journey from being a child, a youngling who was running away from the clones and Anakin and having those flashbacks, I think that would have been a really powerful show by itself. But her her character arc just felt like they were just... I wrote down, is this a poor man's version of Darth Vader and Kylo Ren's redemption arc? And that's what it felt like to me. And I I think that... I think that I feel that way is because it is part of such a massive story that her emotional arc was overpowered by what we were all wanting which was Darth Vader versus Obi-Wan and so I feel like this storyline could have been a great show by itself and I would have been curious to see that but it didn't feel like it meshed very well with what we saw in Obi-Wan yeah, and I like that you kind of mentioned that it's almost like a, a poor man's version of them. Be- and it's just like a different version, too, because Darth and Kylo, I feel like, were were examples of how, you know, these Padawans felt like their masters failed them. You know, Obi-Wan, because he failed to see Anakin's struggles and identify and help him. And then Kylo, because Luke literally almost killed him. But Reva's just, Reva's was a good revenge arc, but it just didn't, I, I just, I don't know. I just felt like it almost just ended up going nowhere, especially in regards to Obi-Wan, which is who this show is centered on. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it felt like the very end when he went back to Tatooine, it was like, okay, we got what we wanted. Do we really have to go back to Tatooine? Like, I hate sand as much <laughs> as Anakin does now. I get why he hates Tatooine now. And, um, yeah, I was just, I'm just sick of tattooing. I hope we don't see it for a long time, but we'll, we'll probably get it in Mandalorian season three with Boba Fett and Cobb Vanth. You know, I'm excited for Cobb Vanth, but that's another pod. Um, small thing here. Another thing while we're on things that I kind of felt like were unnecessary that I wasn't a huge fan of. I got to say it. I've said it from day one from episode one. Didn't care for Princess Leia. Not at all. I don't feel like in in terms of the canon, there was still no reference to anything else that they would have known each other prior to the events of uh, A New Hope. I didn't feel like, you know, the idea of her getting her holster, I felt, was gimmicky, almost in a relatable way to, to Han Solo getting his name or his blaster. And Can we just forget about the Solo? okay solo didn't happen but like i and i don't know and in all in all although it provided touching moments i didn't feel like it necessarily provided compelling or interesting moments so 
for example, when in the last episode, he goes back to see her and he says, you know, you're just like, you're like your mother in these ways and your father in these ways. Although for us, that was touching prior to those moments. It wasn't interesting to me, at least their story and their plot. I'm tired of the save the child storylines. And I know you were too. We talked about it from the very beginning of this show. And I'm willing to look past it on this one because I think that this show adds more to the Obi-Wan and Princess Leia relationship that we never got before. Now, I feel like making a show that is supposed to add to something is really difficult. And I think that they did a great job at that. But it also makes A New Hope, like watching that, I feel like is going to be really awkward now because you don't feel like, um, I feel like Alec Guinness and um, Carrie Fisher's performance didn't really show that connection that we got in this show. And so I feel, I'm not sure what they're going to do because like, are we going to get another cut of A New Hope or something? Another George like, Lucas cut? Yeah. <laughs> With more emotion? That's what I was thinking. The same thing. When If Obi-Wan dies and Luke and Leia are both watching, Leia should have reacted just as intensely as Luke, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'd am i be curious to see what they would do if they were to do, redo A New Hope. And I feel like that's the only one that they would redo if they were to do something because the other ones, it doesn't really affect as much. And this is another pod, but if they start doing that, I will get so annoyed. Yeah, it would it would be really weird. The only way I would be okay with it is if they, like, somehow digitally recreated Carrie Fisher, kind of like what they did in Rogue One, and add her in and something like that. Like, it might look really weird, like, I, especially with how the film looks now. Um but yeah, that is a completely different pod. Hopefully we're not getting a new a new hope recreated. So what did you like about the show? I liked my main like about the show was the central conflict between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. Whenever these two were in direct conflict with each other, which required a little bit of time um, because we had the Reva story at the beginning and the whole Leia and Luke, um, it's more so Leia in the first two episodes. But when we started to realize the presence of Darth Vader hovering over Obi-Wan and everything that he now is, that's where I truly loved the show. And we'll talk a little bit more about this when we get into things that I felt like I wanted more out of the show, but I just, you know, I we'll, we'll wait. But I, I loved these parts of the show. I agree. Anytime Darth Vader and Obi-Wan or Anakin and Obi-Wan were on screen together, I felt like the show shined and gave us what everybody wanted. Now, I I have to say this. Star Wars fans, and I include myself in this, 
have a lot of wants. And I think I think that Lucasfilm really wants to deliver what we want, but at the same time they also want to give us something new. And I feel like if we were to get a whole show going back and forth between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan, the fans would have loved it. But we would have also nitpicked it like crazy. And kind of like what we're doing right now. And I feel like less is more when it comes to Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. And I feel like... We'll get into this a little bit later, but I feel like a series was not the way that they should have gone about this. I feel like less is more is my motto as far as what I wish would have happened but i really did enjoy the obi-wan and anakin or darth vader moments you know bailey we gotta put pins in these because i have some counterpoints to what you're saying here but we'll talk about it in a minute then um another thing i liked is i feel like the lightsabers kind of felt the lightsaber fighting was you know kind of a throwback to the prequels not as intense but still a little bit you know more choreographed i felt like I also felt like the, funnily enough, they seemed very lens flary, and they just kind of roared. I liked that, and I liked that the whenever a lightsaber was present, you knew where it was, you knew what color it was, you knew who was wielding it, and it just almost reminded me or seemed reminiscent of it's. It seemed as though whenever they were going to have a lightsaber fight, they went back and watched the footage of. Darth Vader and Luke's encounter in Empire Strikes Back and thought, how can we plug and pull how can we plug this into a modern day setting and still make it, you know, compelling and visually striking? Um, which I still think Empire Strikes Back is visually one of the best, but I, I, I liked that about this as well. I enjoyed the lightsaber fights. Like I'm I'm simple. I like sword fighting and especially with laser swords. And um, I think that this was, it was a fun time watching them fight each other. As somebody who's simple with that, I, I feel like it was a really good job with their fighting. Is there anything else that you felt like you really liked about the show? or? No. One thing, I will say this. <laughs> like, No. <laughs> like, as far as what I liked. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to dig into what I hoped for. And I didn't write this down, so I'm throwing you a curveball here, Adam. But the music. The music has been something that's lacked since we got Disney Lucasfilm. And, like, there's been a couple of themes that have been really good. But for the most part, I feel like Disney's Lucasfilm era that we've been watching since The Force Awakens has lacked in music like mandalorian was really distinctive and what it was going for i think it did a good job at it like i'm a little burnt out on hearing the mandalorian theme in every single episode but i feel like john williams work on the prequels and the original trilogy i feel like is just so classic and it's hard to mimic the feel that John Williams brings to these movies and shows that, or these movies that he did. And I feel like music is very central to Star Wars. And this show 
had the potential to have callbacks to Revenge of the Sith. Um, it had potential to have callbacks to the original trilogy. And we didn't get a lot of that, I felt like. The, the music has been lackluster for me. But I, I, that's just a little gripe I have with Star Wars as a whole at the moment. But I'm hoping that, like, I would love a Michael Giacchino score for Star Wars. I would love that so much. But I don't think we'll get that anytime soon. But Yeah, he seems that to be is, pretty busy. Yeah, that's, that's another pod. It's like every single Marvel film. Michael Giacchino scored this. Anyway, um, what were you... What are you? What did you hope for? I'm trying to think of where to start here. I think I'll just start from the top. I really wished this was more of an in-depth character study or a psychoanalysis, I suppose, of Obi Wan. I I've said this many a time, and I think overall the show provided moments where you understood what like what Obi-Wan needed to feel, what his realizations were. And for fans, we're so emotional because, you know, you know, we know, we know his history. We all can recall him saying to Anakin, I loved you. Like, you know, you were my you brother. You were my Anakin. brother. Oh, like we, we know that. And I, and I, yeah. And that's the thing is that, and that's, I think that's really what it is. If you were to watch this show without ever having seen the prequels, you would be so lost because you would understand some flashbacks. You would understand th some things, but, and I'm not saying that like everything needs to be handheldy or like, you know, we, our hands don't need to be held through every little emotion Obi-Wan does, but I feel like we gloss over a lot of it in, in favor of plot or excitement which again, I didn't feel like was the most compelling or most exciting, where I felt like we could have had some time to slow down and have Obi-Wan think and reflect on things and why he is the way he is and why he's making the decisions he's making. Um, but I just felt like we didn't, we didn't get that. And that's where I feel like the show missed the mark for me. But I see you have something, so jump on here. So the next moment, or the next note that we have is about Qui-Gon a little bit. I think there's, a, yeah, we go into that in our notes, but I think that it would have been really interesting instead of getting what we got with, like, I feel like the Qui-Gon, first of all, I'm just going to say this. The Qui-Gon Jinn cameo was really campy to me. I, I didn't like the handling of it. It was like, it was really cheesy, which I should expect that from Star Wars because Star Wars is cheesy. But I feel like that cameo would have paid off very well if the first couple of episodes had like an opening scene where Qui-Gon was training Obi-Wan. And then when we get the latter three episodes, we see Obi-Wan training Anakin. Because it goes back to what Dave Filoni said about the Duel of the Fates. Like, if if Qui-Gon had lived through that encounter, he would have raised Anakin to be to bring balance to the Force, whereas Obi-Wan was trying to teach Anakin to destroy the Force. And it would have provided a really interesting perspective of how these two characters were so different for Anakin. 
and I think that would have nailed it in the co- nailed the. They would have nailed it if they had done it this way. I wish, the <laughs> I wish that I wrote for Star Wars, because um, Qui Gon Jinn has we barely got any of him in the first movie, and and I feel like having that would have added some depth to the relationship between Obi Wan and why Obi-Wan is feeling the way he's feeling now. And it could have lent itself for some really powerful storytelling, and it could have probably elevated Reva's arc too in some way. But I'm just curious to see how this show would have gone if Qui-Gon was included a little bit more. That is an interesting point you make. And as you bring up Qui-Gon's cameo, which, again, I will say this shamelessly, my wife and I, both in tears uncontrollable tears as soon as Qui-Gon appeared because you know you felt like he had to make an appearance because he's he's being referenced and talked about the whole show or at least you know Obi-Wan like always asked for him um but I feel like when we got to that that's just another example of like in the moment you're so caught up in emotions that you're seeing him and that they're having a, a discussion but then as I ponder and reflect upon it I come to the same conclusion you do where I just you know, I feel like for me, like, what if there's a moment in the episode where, or in the series where Qui-Gon Jinn finally does appear to Obi-Wan, but it's when it's at, he's, when he's at his lowest, you know? The Spider-Man he, homecoming moment. Exactly. The Spider-Man homecoming moment, as Bailey so eloquently put it um, earlier, where, you know, he, he rallies him and he picks him up and he makes him recall things or makes him know what's important. And I don't know what, I, and I think as I'm talking about this, it's almost like I just feel like to some degree it's almost as if I feel as though they played this show more safe rather than bold or in depth. And because I just think they bring on characters, they bring on actors such as Ewan McGregor who might not be, you know, the biggest movie star in the world, but he's still in movies he can and act. And he can act. And, you know, um, Kumil Nanjiani, who also, even though he's a comedian, he's also a movie star. And O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ice Cube's son. It's, they bring on all these characters, and then rather than, I feel like, really swing for the fences, they just almost do a run-of-the-mill story that that could happen in a Star Wars universe. And the only thing that I compare it to, and this is such an unjust comparison because they're totally different shows, but I always come back to like Better Call Saul. Like I feel, and this is, you know, in regards to Reva too, I feel like Better Call Saul, you know how some of these things end up. You know how people become, you know how people end up and some of them they don't. And, but what's more interesting is every little thing that happens and the decisions they make and how that influences them going forward and it's just such a compelling character study, and I feel like this is what we I wanted from Obi Wan, and maybe that was too high of a hope, but I just, you know, again, I just really wish we had an opportunity to really delve into Obi Wan, and I liked it, but I feel like there was such a huge missed opportunity, and that's what I that's what I really desired. Maybe we do need a new hope. <laughs> roll credits yeah um i see that you wrote that leia left in episode two 
<laughs> it's really what I hope for. I really hope that in episode two, they just got her safely back and then we didn't have to worry about her again. But uh, that was foolish of me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine with it. I already said what I said earlier about Leia. Like I, I got tired of the plot towards the beginning. Like it bothered me, but I'm, I'm fine with what they did with it. I'm fine with what it brought to the relationship. But I also think it makes that the new hope, a new hope, awkward. Um, yeah, but that's all there is to say about Leia. I do want to say this though. I was bothered by the whole Hayden Christensen promotions. The reason for this is because Hayden Christensen was brought on since the beginning. He was announced when the show was announced at uh, Disney's Investors Day in around, it was like December 19th of 2020 or something like that. And um, it was really bothered that he wasn't a huge part of the show. He, he was in the suit. He was in the Darth Vader suit. Um, but I also think that they did Along what they did with, with two other people. Yeah, I like I said, what they did with the Mandalorian with having two or three people in the suit. And he did technically do the voice work, but they modified it with James Earl Jones' voice. And so I'm I'm very sad that we didn't get as much Hayden Christensen as they teased. And like I I loved that scene that we kept going back to in episode five of obi-wan and anakin trading training and anakin trying to get the high ground essentially on obi-wan and it was a really interesting story and compelling arc that we saw throughout the film or the episode but i felt left i felt let down because of it and i wish i wish we got more of Hayden Christensen in this like the flashbacks shouldn't have been in episode four or five or whenever we got them it should have been at the beginning like I would have loved it if we started off with that and then it cuts to him on the train or cutting the meat or whatever and him thinking about Anakin like it would have really lent itself to some powerful emotional beats for Obi-Wan Kenobi that it missed out on. Yeah, I I agree. I liked. I do wish there's more of Hayden Christensen. Again, my only thing about that flashback is that I wish it was just all at the beginning of the episode, and then the rest of it plays out. Um, but you know, I see. I understand. Like again, that's that's an example of like a risk they could have taken, but they they play it so you know safely so that you know exactly how it correlates to the episode. But um, I liked Hayden Christensen. He did. He did look older. Um, especially even with the de-aging, you know, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I just, overall, I feel like to sum up like what you're saying about Hayden Christensen, now I feel about the show, it's that I feel like although the show was entertaining, I was hoping it would be more defining and something that I feel sad about is that they said they had to rewrite the script, um, one one part is because they felt like it was way too similar to the Mandalorian, but I read somewhere else that it they felt like it very was very similar to the Mandalorian. Yeah, but exactly. But I also read somewhere that they rewrote it because the original script was so bleak, and it's not that I needed this show to be the darkest Star Wars show or movie because 
that goes to Rogue One, right? Has to be, maybe. I don't know. We can talk about that later. But I feel like there was just there was so much more emotional depth to be explored, and we just skimmed the surface of it, and that makes me sad. And so I I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that. No, I just I I I agree with you. It was entertainment or entertaining. And it, yeah, it definitely was entertainment. Um, but I do agree with you. It did feel like it lacked definition and it doesn't rank in my top favorite Star Wars things, um, especially in the Disney era. Like, honestly, the only thing that I've absolutely loved was Rogue One, which is why I'm excited for Andor. But I don't know. I feel like we're just missing out on, on stuff. And I, I, I forgot to mention, I love Mandalorian. Um, I, I just feel like there's miss, they're missing the mark on a lot of this stuff. And I wish they put a lot more care into this, like John Favreau and Dave Filoni have done with the Mandalorian. And I'm sure we're going to get that with, um, Ahsoka as well, because Dave Filoni, that's his baby. He's taking care of it i just hope it's palatable for the general audience so then let me ask you two questions first off do you feel like this is better as a tv show or a movie i think it's better suited for a movie okay with what we got with what i wanted it would have been better as a tv show because we could have we could have delved deep into the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi and his emotion and what he was going through. Instead, we just got this guy who's just shocked that his Padawan was still alive for five episodes. And then in episode six, he's like, oh, Anakin actually is dead and it's Darth Vader. It's like, that was a really cool moment. But like, it seemed like every episode, was he was just surprised mm-hmm. instead of like depressed, like he should have been. I mean, he lost his people. Yeah, and I, I just, you know, I still feel like I would still vote TV show. I still, even for what we have, I don't think it translates well into a movie. I feel like it'd be a movie where everybody goes to see it the first weekend, and it makes a ton of money, and then we experience a huge drop off in the second weekend because everybody just thinks it'd be it's a okay. Marvel movie, <laughs> or like one of the later Star Wars movies that they make, you know, like Solo. Mm-hmm. But um. Which doesn't exist. I apologize, Bailey. And no, I, I like the movie. I just don't like how he got his name. <laughs> like that's, it's just the corniest thing ever. So yeah. And then the last question. Do we want more Darth Vader or do we want more Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan, I feel like we got what we needed. Darth I Vader, agree 100%. I f- I feel like there is so much to explore with the character of Darth Vader. Now, do I think that he should get his own show? No. I think less is more when it comes to Darth Vader. I think it would be great if he showed up in Andor, even if he's not running into Cassian's character. If he's just there, like his presence is felt, the Empire's presence is felt, and we see glimpses of him... I think it would lend itself to some really cool moments. And then if we were to get a show like about Dr. Afra, which is a comic that I'm reading right now and getting some of her stories of how she's on the run from Darth Vader and 
um, her experiences with him as a character. I think that that would lend itself to some really great storylines. If they are going to do a Darth Vader show, I want them to take a long time on it. I, I feel like they could easily screw it up. And this is not a character that, that, that I almost said Marvel, that Disney should take lightly. They, they really need to take care of this character um, because of what he means to people. He's probably the most recognized villain of all time. And I think that his character deserves so much attention and care and love. And I feel like what Disney has been doing with just giving us everything so quickly is not the way that they need to approach this show. But I do think we need more Darth Vader. That was a lot to say. <laughs> Sorry. No, I I agree with you on the Obi-Wan half. I don't know. I'm... I don't really care too much more about Obi-Wan's story. The idea of Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon in theory could be interesting, but after this show, I just, I feel like I'm good. I got what I needed. In terms of Darth Vader, I would say I would want more Darth Vader, but if it ends up like the show, again, it would just be, I feel lackluster to me and... I, there are places you can go with Darth Vader. I mean, how do you make a whole show about a guy in a mask? Don't ask Halo. Doesn't last long. But they could finally just go to Dave Filoni. <laughs> They've done it with Mandalorian. Yeah, it's, it's just I. There are a lot of things that are interesting about Darth Vader. Just the idea that, you know, like there's so much internal struggle in these people that we don't talk about because the excitement around them or the plot or the force that is what people come to see but like if we could delve into these characters and especially if we could delve into Darth Vader we don't need to know how he became Darth Vader or you know we don't need to know how he became this we how he became that. that yeah we already have that we just need to know you know we just need to know what he thinks and i feel like that would be interesting but again you give a show to somebody about Boba Fett and in six episodes, I completely ruin him. So I don't know. Like maybe we just don't do anything else with Darth Vader. He's one of the greatest movie villains of all time. Why are we going to go born to him? The comics have, I haven't read the comics, but I have some rented from the library. Cause that's all I do these days. Um, <laughs> the Darth Vader comic has some really intriguing stuff. So when he's in his back to tank and, um, getting healed up and living, uh, trying to heal himself. He, there are some really cool moments where he like pictures himself and it's just like this dark red and black blurb that he talks to himself and he has these interesting moments of reflection on his past. And there's a whole like PSVR has, uh, a video game where he tries to bring Padme back to life. And it's an intriguing storyline. If, if you haven't watched it, you can find the, the video on YouTube of, of a walkthrough on it. And it's an intriguing story like of this character who's lost so much but really wants what he thought was promised to him. And it, I feel like Darth Vader is a more promising character for an emotional arc than Obi-Wan. 
and I would love to see that play out in a show or a movie. I feel like it would lend itself better to a movie for Darth Vader's sake, and because less is more when it comes to that character. That being said, I feel like they should take a break from this for a couple of years. So, overall, how would you grade this show? I want to give it a B plus because of the last two episodes, but I think I'm going to have to go with a B or even a B minus. You know, it's funny is I'm some I'm somewhere between B minus and C plus because uh, it's so hard for me just because I just wanted more. And so unpopular opinion or not, I'll give it a C plus. I liked it. It had really bright moments. But all in all, I felt like I was always asking more of the show, and I never got it. Yeah, it's one of the hard things about being a fan is (laughs) your expectations diminish what you get. And it's really sad because, like, especially with, like, Phase 4 of Marvel movies, which is another another pod for another time, Mm -hmm. but, like, the fans' expectations of what we got prior to that were so big because we left off of, like, Avengers Endgame. And, like, we can't let our expectations become reality. Like, you can't expect it to to be what you want it to be because it's never going to be like that. And so it's a hard lesson for fans to take in, but one that's necessary. So... I, I hope for the best for Star Wars in the future. I'm mm-hmm. excited for Andor. I'm really pumped for that one, but I'm also skeptical, especially after the last two stories we've gotten. Um, that being said, like I, I, like I said, I give it a B minus. That's my final grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I came to my decision in the last three minutes. <laughs> and um, yeah. We'll just have to wait and see what comes from them. I'm sure we're going to get an announcement on maybe a sequel series or a spinoff of it in when D23 comes around in September. Um, I think we'll definitely get some announcements regarding the Star Wars universe and some clarity as to what's coming because there's been a lot of smoke. And so we'll just have to wait and see. Give it two, three months, two months now, and we'll find out more. Well, that should do it for today's episode of the podcast. Please be sure to follow us on all the social medias. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, and Facebook. You can also reach out to us via email at abcinema.pod at gmail.com. Please let us know how we're doing. Give us your opinions, your reviews of the show, uh, what your theories were, what you wanted, what you hoped for, what you loved. And we hope everyone has a great day. And as always... Keep watching movies.